Hi, Phil. Hi, Mike. Hi, listeners. Bonjour, listeners. Are your ears feeling satiated? Did you enjoy Grace's brilliant episode? I sure did. And oh my also God. our brilliant conversation and hilarious, I might add, after the fact. Oh, she is just listening to that episode is like, ah, uh, she, she should host a podcast because she's <laughs> so good at saying brilliant, funny stuff. And we're coming to it today because we're going to work. We're saying a big thank you. We're taking a indefinite hiatus with the sweet chef's monologue. We don't know what form it may take in the future. And we don't know when we may or may not return to this form or a similar form or an interview podcast, but we're taking a little break. We're taking a little break. And we wanted to just reminisce about um, the origin of the podcast, how it started and how much gratitude we feel for our writers and for you, the listeners, for giving us fun tools to play with and for feeding our hungry ears. Uh, I, for one, am fully satiated from all of the amazing uh, monologues, performances of those monologues, and talks with writers, because it's been so fun to give platforms to these incredible artists who just have consistently blown me away in terms of their creativity, but also their intellects and their often hilarious anecdotes and senses of humors. Um, And it has just been one banger after the next for me oh my god oh my god starting with me i was the first ever chef is that right that's right right. you were the first episode we recorded because we were like does this work what's gonna happen and i interviewed you Mm -hmm. and we did that in the soundstage with Bennett, King That's Bennett. Right. At, while we were still students of Northwestern Universities, writing for the screen and stage MFA. MFA program. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let's part. talk about, let's talk about, so we started this podcast when we were in school. Mm-hmm. Um, we both found ourselves with more free time than we wanted because we did not receive an opportunity. We mutually did not receive an opportunity that we wanted. And we were, you know, honestly feeling bitter and a little angry but i think all good art comes from a little bit of bitterness and anger and we were like what are we gonna do to like shout out all of our brilliant friends and give ourselves like something to like chew on literally and figuratively and then we were like oh my god i think we were i mean you know pg-13 warning here we were on we were high (laughs) We had we had enjoyed some THC in various forms, <laughs> and we were like, "What are we gonna do?" And it was so classic, right? It was like two friends sitting on the couch, being like, "We should start a podcast." In our more sober sober moments, we were like, "Let's start a podcast to like shout out our friends." Like, what did we say? It was like these are gonna be thirty minute business cards, audio business cards for our friends. And I think for sure that's what they, from that kind of initial dream to what it, the final product ended up being, I'm very proud of. I think that's what they ended up being is they they totally showcase each writer's, as I was saying, individual strengths and um, just total personalities in a way that's so mm-hmm. delightful to kind of look back on and, and be feel really proud of, of what we did. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun to make anybody who writes narrative media, whether it's plays or TVs, 
talk about their work because they get so flustered. It's mm-hmm. so it's so coquettish and cute. They're like, oh, like I don't know, like I just wake up and I think of my characters, or I or I, or I procrastinate and I don't know how to do it, and I feel so like so rarely do you have um, metaphorical big swinging dicks in spaces like this, right? People are usually very self-effacing in a way that is so delightful. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun to like coax some, I think, healthy vanity out of writers and be like, can you talk a little bit about what you do? And can you make, and can you just like bring us on a tour of your brain? One of the things I was most proud of in this podcast was how we would always say there's no cringe on the chef's monologue. We'd Mm -hmm. be like, there's, and we would just get people talking about their teenage media obsessions. Starting Twilight. I was going to say, starting with our first guest, Sarah Grace Goldman and her uh, unashamed embrace of the um, 21st century masterpiece, uh, Twilight. (laughs) Stephanie Myers, absolute (laughs) knockout, literary (laughs) knockout, Twilight. Yeah, she was just, and that the fact that in that episode I learned that it's, um, oh, I'm gonna mess it up. It's it's Joanne fabric. <laughs> like it's like it's like the fabric is made of Joanne, or it's like there's no S in either word. Joanne, right. ab- yeah, there's the, no. The it's, fab- it, it is her of her body <laughs> that she gives to the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's there's just, there's no S in Joanne fabric, and that is what Sarah Grace. Um, as performed by the incredible Rachel Hilbert, um, mm-hmm. sort of like fake sobriety circle, but she's a bird. I mean, brilliant and weird, so weird and just, and hearing her talk about her work is just amazing. Oh, and then we had, then we had Mac, Mac Anderson Cooper. The inimitable. The inimitable. And their monologue performed by Kevin Osu, just like absolutely, it was like pain for sale, pain for sale. And, I don't know if it made it in the episode, but at one point in the recording, Mac did an Anna Delphi impression that was so <laughs> funny. Oh, it, it, it's in there. It's oh, it's in there? In there. Oh, good. Oh, for sure. oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners, go back and, and listen just for Mac's Anna Delphi impression alone. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, then that's the end of our first season, which brings us to the beginning of our second season with the mm-hmm. icon and legend, Henry Sheeran, um, I mean, with Tim Flowers fires his therapist and folks, as if, I don't know if that's our most popular episode, but it's definitely in the top three because the filth that we filth, <laughs> garbage, garbage, filth, disgusting <laughs> dirt in the fucking nails. Part of my French. Just, um, but, a be- but a beautiful, um, serious kind of conversation about art and, and um, art making. But yes, tempered with a lot of just ridiculous silliness. Ridiculous um, silliness. And Tyler Felsen doing Tim Flowers is just yeah. his sneezing. It's all real people. Those are live. <laughs> Obviously not real, but they were. he did all those noises himself. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. A masterclass um, in acting. <laughs> masterclass in acting. Um, Callan Dana's Can We Catch Up with... Mm-hmm. Catherine Tui. Here's the thing about Catherine Tui. You give I missed that one. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. We're 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 just going in order. Catherine Tui. You give Catherine Tui a phone book or like a nutrition label, and you're about to get one of the most demented, hilarious things (laughs) you've ever heard. So, Callan Dana's brilliant, twisted writing in 
in the voice of Catherine Tui was like a dream come true. It was like just mm-hmm. full wish fulfillment to me to do that. Well, that brings us to Salwa. Oh, Salwa's just Sp- like space debris. And Hamish, King, yep. Salwa and Hamish together, just like she wrote this like extremely like tender meditation on life and existentialism and Hamish gave it that like CW flair <laughs> and it was just like so you just like felt for this for this space space explorer um and what what a perfect uh time as well to shout out our amazing producer Bennett Bennett Pack King. Um, King King literally because his sound design on that episode was so cool and interesting and um all from his amazing mind as well. And we Bennett Bennett said yes to everything. Bennett <laughs> Bennett was such a mensch the entire time we were doing this whole podcast. He Oh my God, he would go above and beyond every time and he'd be so casual about it. He'd be like, hey guys, here's the episode. And we'd be like, oh my God, this is the greatest piece of sound art we've ever heard. Yep. And he was just like, yeah, th- like, we owe him everything. We owe yep. This podcast happened because of Bennett. He's a magician. He's yeah. a magician. Yeah. And and then the rest of that episode and just Solwa's vulnerability and sense of humor about her own writing and her process yep. and also bringing us t-shirts embroidered t-shirts yeah so, I, I mean i know we're not pick, picking favorites but salwa might be our favorite guest because, because she, she gave brought us presents because she gave us presents so if she we ever us... do it again writers take note <laughs> yeah and then oh my god oh my goodness patrick vermilion let me just say let me just say that this prince this beautiful <laughs> prince wrote a monologue about video games and about Mario video games specifically, which is like such just just like is my childhood and is my current life. And I read the monologue he sent. And the first thing I said to Mike was like, please let me do it. Please let me do it. Please let me act it. Like I want nothing more. And it to this day is one of the favorite, one of my favorite acting, call them jobs, like acting roles I've ever had. And it was just this like, I mean, you you don't get text that's more sumptuous than a Patrick Vermillion mm-hmm. monologue about change and grief and video games. It was just like he brilliant and so humble. It's a, it's annoying. So <laughs> like so genuinely just like loves to write and and feels this like pull towards writing and just writes these uh, anyway. So it makes me furious how obsessed I am with Patrick and his work. Yeah, and then the episode we published for the holiday last year darren darren robinson what can be said of (laughs) darren robinson funny smart topical um and not only written writing this amazing monologue but performing it herself performing herself the improv queen the queen of comedy Darren, of mark herself. my <laughs> words, mark my words, Darren Robinson is going to either be writing or starring in your favorite sitcom in five years, less, less. I don't know, less, <laughs> you're going to be, you're going to be putting gifts of Darren on Tumblr, you're going to be reblogging reaction images from Darren's show on your Twitter, like you, Darren, prepare, prepare to have your soul lifted by the comedy that she will bring into this world that will be received with the fervor that it is meant to. She is, she is a star and having her as a friend and as a colleague is just like, 
I am obsessed with her. And the mm-hmm. fact that she has an episode with our podcast is like a, a gem. And it's a holiday episode. And who doesn't mm-hmm. love Christmas? <laughs> um, and it's something that I think about from that uh, interview after the monologue, the conversation afterwards that, you know, she talks about in the improv world, it's all about getting your reps in. You have to just throw a bunch of jokes at the wall and hopefully something sticks. And that is something that I've really kind of continued to be inspired by in my own practice as a playwright to this day of just like, you know, not trying not to be so precious about every play and every word. It's like, oh, no, we, we really have to, you know, it's a numbers game a little bit. So um, hugely, hugely. And that 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 she Darren gave us all a gift by encouraging us with like practical advice about how not to be precious. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard when you're a writer of anything not to be precious because it feels precious. Mm-hmm. But you just have to get good at just sending that shit out there. And mm-hmm. and wh- when she talked about how many jokes that she wrote for Reductress, I was like, how do you not throw your computer in a volcano <laughs> that you have to write this many jokes? But she's just, it's just what she does. Yeah. And I mean, it's brilliant to see. We're recording this before we publish Maddie, Skylar's, and Grace's episodes, but just to speak about those, um, Maddie brought such tenderness to a time of year that is, you know, often so overfilled and mm-hmm. saturated with capitalism and marketing and, you know, all the criticisms about the holiday season that mm-hmm. we're all very well aware of. Maddie just cuts right to the, like, extremely vulnerable and tender parts of being a person at this time of year. Um, which is the parts of being a person anytime, which is wanting things, wanting other people, desiring, grieving. And her conversation is just so, oh my gosh, she's so sweet. And you mm-hmm. just want to like, you just let, you're, we're laughing the whole time. Mm-hmm. And she has this like absolute sharp wit that is like sort of sometimes disguised behind this like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, oh no, you know, Maddie, you know, <laughs> you know. Um, Maddie's monologue performed by the friend of the podcast, Skylar Tarnas, um, an incredible performance, as Phil said, of a, of a cool, really interesting take on what it means to be a holiday episode. Um, because then in the next episode that we released, is that right? Or is it Grace? Mm-hmm. Whatever. The, in, in great, in, um, yeah, it's Maddie, then Skylar, Maddie. then Grace. In Skylar's, uh, his own chef's test kitchen, as we've said in a different introduction, um, just totally, totally blew us away with his ability to just take three movies that came out in the same year and deconstruct them and talk about the ways in which they fit together or come apart in, in a way that still I, I sort of blows my mind that someone mm-hmm. could think about art that um, well. And, and also communicate those ideas so clearly. He, if you work at a university, mark my words, you are a fool not to hire Skylar Tarnas to teach your film 101, your film 201, your film 301, that man can talk about movies and writing in such a way that makes you want to write forever. Mm-hmm. And he has a gift. He's such, beyond being a brilliant writer, he's a brilliant speaker on writing and just, yeah, lucky to be in community with him. And then we have Grace. And then we have Grace Barry. I mean, I mean, I mean the things that comes the things that come out of that girl's mouth are so funny. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she makes fun of me all the time because I think everything she says is funny. And she's like, Phil, I'm just like telling you what I'm making for dinner. And I'm like <laughs> shitting my diapy laughing 
at everything she's saying. And I feel like the cool thing about Grace too, is like as well, the kind of the platonic ideal of a guest where exactly what you said, she's so funny and so personable and so effing smart. It's like the mm-hmm. things that she says in those interviews about teenage media and what people, the tropes and kind of what we expect from a coming of age story. I think I all as well, I still think about to this day. So it's just, yeah, it was so fun to have her and so fitting, I think to, um, uh, hear that amazing performance by Claire Scavone of yes. uh, Bunkmates. Um, and you can feel their collaboration. You know, Claire was in many iterations of Grace's play, Round Yon mm-hmm. Virgin. And I mean, Claire Scavone is also someone who could read the phone book. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're you're brilliant. You're brilliant. <laughs> Claire Sc- and it's also like, you know, from just a from a technical standpoint, like Claire Scavone's voice acting, like just the the emotion that's in the instrument inside her throat is like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And it was hearing hearing them work together on our podcast was a very special thing because their collaboration is so, to me, fruitful. And, you know, here's to many more collaborations between Claire Scavone and Grace Berry. Amen. Amen. Um, We've thrown so many superlatives around uh, this retrospective episode. Um, And I feel like the only one that remains is the best, which describes you, Phil. And um, I'm going to get... Not too emotional, but it has been such a joy to run this crazy production with you and get, you know, do all the work of organizing, but also just to be constantly be inspired by you and your brain and your ability to be an amazing number one, like uh, as to continue the theme, like, you know, if, if Phil isn't on NPR in five years interviewing people because mm-hmm. this MF has that personal, person, personable ability to be personable, be intelligent and disarm people into getting what, you know, getting the true truth out of them, I think is, is a skill that I wish that I had. And, uh, to be your co-host has just been so delightful and fun. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think this indefinite hiatus is a good thing for us to do, but it makes me really sad to think that I can't, I'm not going to be able to, um, interview people with you for a while. Oh, we'll be. Oh, we'll, well, okay. We'll. Mm, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start without getting misty? Um, yes, I. Mike, you make me feel so safe to try things, and I feel like my first reaction to so many things is just fear. And you are just an absolute flamethrower of a human being, and to. To be to know you is to be inspired by you and to feel the warmth of that flamethrower burning away all of the nonsense and the fear and the excuses and the trepidation. It's just like, let's do it. Let's make it. It's important. It's worth doing. And you make everyone around you feel important and like they are worth the writing that they do. And the reverence that you treat every writer with it has infected the whole podcast and it made people feel legitimate in a way that they did not previously feel not just for having been on the show, but having had your attention put on them because your attention is just this warming sun that blooms flowers from all the things that they're writing and working on. Um, And listeners, we're going to be back in the studio at some point. It'll look a little different and there may be some time, but for our ravenous fans out there, we hope you stay hungry because a meal is not far away. 
Um, thank you all for everyone who's listened so far along this, who's filled your bellies with our um, amazing writers, the feasts from our amazing writers and actors. Um, and I, yeah, what else is there except gratitude to say thanks for listening to us, uh, laughing along with us and um, filling your, yourself up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mike, get dirty at the end. I want you to get filthy at the end of this podcast. <gasps> Tell the tell the listeners <laughs> to go and no, I'm kidding. The something we said at the beginning of every one of our um, the nights of the Once in Future Festival was that it is so often said of audiences like we couldn't do it without you, right? But really, we're doing it for you because this is like your ears are the reason why this exists. If there weren't your ears to put this sound into, there would be no podcast because. It was only real when witnessed or when heard by you and um, whoever you are, if you're a family, if you're a friend, if you're a stranger out there in the world, um, we hope this satellite reached you and we are grateful for your feedback, thank literal you. and figurative. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Um, and with that, stay hungry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>